Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. We're now second week into a new series that we started, our vision series, which we started last week called Calm Holy Spirit. This is a bit of our heart. You heard a bit of it through our MOVE conference. Um, just promo. How exciting is that? That's really exciting. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be, uh, going to be a really significant moment for us as a church. Uh, we are one church in six locations, including our online space, gathering the whole church together, seeking God for his call on each of us individually and as we move together. And uh, we are. We're longing to see the Spirit of God move. I, I know that... We can do a whole bunch of good things, but it's God who brings the change. It's God who brings renewal and revival in our hearts and in the city that we love and care for. And that's our heart. That's our prayer. We need the power and the presence of the Spirit. And this prayer, this ancient prayer, has been prayed for 2,000 years in the church. Come, Holy Spirit, in response, as we heard you last week of Jesus, saying to the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. And so we posture ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, come. Come and fill us and renew us. And today I want to do a little bit of a really quick overview of who the Holy Spirit is. But I don't want this to just be a historical lesson or a theological lesson, right? I actually want us to grab hold of the story that is God and his interaction with us as his people and the work of the Spirit throughout the ages and how it works. And here's the thing, the story that we look at, the story of God and his work in the world is not just an abstract story, it's our story too. And so as we hear the story, as we journey, I want to connect the dots because the story of God and his work in creation, in his work in this world, in his work in redemption and renewal is also our story. And that should excite us because the thing is, is that God has, and we've been celebrating at communion, God has always been present. He's always been at work. He's always been taking, taking broken things, old things, disordered things, and he's been making them new. And I know for many of us here, that's your story, that God has stepped into your life and he's made you new. He's made you whole. For others of you here, maybe you're on a journey and you found yourself in church and you're trying to figure this all out. The good news is, is that God loves you and that God wants to renew you, restore you, to make you new. That's the good news of the gospel and the Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts, in our lives, in our world, making things new. There is something about newness, isn't there? There's something wonderful about taking something old, something broken, something that, has, that, is, that is not working and making it new. I, I take great joy in seeing the old uh, becoming new. I, I don't like shopping for new things. That's just me. I don't know if there's anyone else. Like the, the whole idea of shopping, clothes shopping particularly, does not excite me at all. But we were on holidays just uh, over the summer, and we're down in the mid-north coast of New South Wales, and we went to a little town. We got out to have some lunch, and then we decided to walk the high street, and we found some op shops. Anybody here just love op shops? There's something just wonderful about going and looking at that which has a story to it, something that is old, but 
has the potentiality to be new for you. I, 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 like, I'm not interested in looking, looking in normal clothes shops, but op shops, yeah, I'll have a look at those clothes, those old suits, those books, those toys, whatever it is. There's something exciting about the old becoming new. I want to introduce you to uh, a little bit of my childhood. I, uh, I love cricket. I, I still do. I love following the cricket. Anyone who's following the test match, just, just a, little, it's a little bit depressing. Australia versus India at the moment. But anyway, um, I remember, you know, in high school, Sunday, Saturday afternoon after the lawn was mowed, I'd come and sit down and watch the cricket, whether it was te- test match or one day is. And you know with cricket, right, for those who have the, the constitution to watch it, um, between every over there is just that 30-second gap where they play an advert. And there's this one advert that's just burnt into my cerebral cortex. It goes back to 1993. And I think it captured my imagination of the old being made new. It was for a product called, I think, Polyguard? Polyglaze. Anyone heard of Polyglaze? Why don't you just watch this video and see if uh, some of you oldies can remember this one. Uh, G'day. They gave me a bottle of this... uh polyglaze car polish, and they said, it'll transform your car. Well, I must admit, I was a bit sceptical at first, but I thought, I'll give it a burl on the old FB Holden. Anyway, I can't stay here yapping all day. It's only half finished. Polyglaze car polish, the technology to transform. Very good. There you go. Anyone remember that? Or is it just me? I remember, I remember watching that ad and just going, how cool is that? Like I knew, I knew that Polyglaze wouldn't turn your FB holding into a Ferrari or whatever it was. But just the whole idea that, you know, there could be transformation. Now, please hear me before you throw me, throwing me out for being heretical. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is like Polyglaze. Um, that's not my theology. But there is something about the recreating, renewing power of the Spirit that takes the old, that takes the FB Holden and turns it into a Ferrari, that turns it into something new. I want to ask you this morning right from the off the bat, do you feel like an FB Holden or do you feel like a Ferrari? Now, I don't mean just in your body, in your bones, in your strength. But I mean in your spirit, in your life, in your heart, in your relationship with God. Are you Ferrari, zinging and pinging, everything's fresh and new? Or are things feeling a little tired and old, a little dead, FB Holdenish? See, the work of the Holy Spirit, as we saw last week, is a spirit that is renewing, recreating, reviving that which is broken and dead. And that's the story, that's the relationship, that's the power that we've all been invited into, to know that renewing, restoring, reviving work. Come on, let's go right back. Let, let's, let's jump into the story for a moment to see the work of the Holy Spirit throughout history. We see that the Holy Spirit was in creation. The Holy Spirit is the, recre- the cre- not recreating, creating power at creation. We see verse, verse one and verse two of Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then we see the word is spoken, the breath of God. We looked at this last week. The Spirit brings life. As Renero Kent Molesta, the Catholic theologian, says, the Holy Spirit changes chaos into cosmos. The Holy Spirit brings chaos into cosmos. Psalm 104 verse 30, a creation psalm, echoes this by saying, when you send your spirit, they are created. It's a creation psalm. It's speaking about how, how the world has come to be. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. The creative, creating power of the Spirit. And then we see, and we looked at this last week, the Spirit, the breath of God breathes life into humanity. In chapter 2, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life. The nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The breath of God creates, the breath of God animates and creates potentiality and possibility for relationship. As, as the Spirit of God breathes into our, our lives and our heart right at creation, we are created with life in order to represent, to be in the image of God, but also to be in relationship with God. The Spirit brings about the possibility, the powerful relationship, humanity in relationship with God. But as, as we see, that is lost. I want to go back just quickly theologically because I know, and we're not going to go deep into this, but, but I want to just say for a moment at this point that the Holy Spirit is God, is God. The Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of the Trinity. Now, there's a little bit of confusion about this, and I know it's very complex. You know, when we start talking about things like three in one, three persons in one, and Trinity, it can be all very confusing, and I don't have the time to go into all of that. But what I do know, and what we do in his, as, we, as, as the church has grappled with this, with the, the notion of the Trinity, we have landed in a place of affirming and saying that the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three persons are all God. And so we see this affirmed in the Nicene Creed where all the church fathers came together and wrestled over who God was. And they came to say this about the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, the creator God, the one who brings life who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. The Spirit is God, creator God. The God who speaks life in creation. Now we know that we're created for relationship with God, the breath of God speaking life into us, the Holy Spirit, but we also see that that life is lost at the fall. We journey through Genesis chapter 3 and we see that Adam and Eve choose to reject God, say, thank you so much. We appreciate uh, all that you've done for us in this relationship that we have, but we'd rather be our own God. We'd love to, we just want to live our own way. Thank you very much. And so we see that this, this life that was found in relationship with God, humanity with God is ultimately lost. And so we see in Genesis chapter 3, 
We read in Genesis, uh, verse 22, And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not allow to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Death comes into the world. And verse 23, we see not only death, but separation. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. We see death come into the world because of sin and we see separation, brokenness, a separation from God. But nonetheless, the impulse of God is always to be for his people, to come for his people. And so God creates a covenant with Abraham, with the people of Israel. And this is the Old Testament in your Bibles as you read. And we see throughout the Holy, uh, through the Old Testament, through the covenant that God has with his people Israel, that the Holy Spirit is at work through and in covenant. He works out his way in particular times for particular people, for particular tasks. And so we see the Spirit come, and you can read this all through the Old Testament, that the Spirit of God is at work. He comes upon people like Joshua and equips him with the ability, a spiritual, spirit-filled ability to lead. He comes upon people like Gideon to empower him and encourage him as he leads the people of Israel in the judges. You read the story of someone like Samson, Again, in, the judge, in Judges, on numerous occasions, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him to do extraordinary tasks and gives him supernatural strength. The Spirit of the Lord does appear in the Old Testament at particular times on particular people for particular tasks. And then we see that the Spirit of God breathes and speaks through the prophets. And the prophets begin to speak and tell of an age to come. We read in places like the prophet Isaiah in chapter 44. God speaks through Isaiah and prophesies a coming, the coming spirit that will be new and fresh. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on thirsty land and streams on dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you, is the promise of Isaiah in Ezekiel. Chapter 36, we see this. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. In other words, of saying sin. I'll cleanse you from your sin. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The Spirit of God giving a new heart, a new spirit, a new power to do new things. And then the prophet Joel says, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. The Spirit of God is prophesied in the covenant, in the old covenant to the people of Israel that there is a time coming when the Spirit will come, not just for a particular person at a particular time, for a particular task. But as Joel says, the Spirit will come for all people. I will do a new thing. And it will be for everyone. And then we see the coming as we, and I, I realize we're shooting through, going very quickly here, but then we get to Jesus. 
God stepping down from humanity and walking amongst the earth, we see the Spirit of God come and fall upon those who are around his birth. Mary, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, the Spirit of God is at work breathing, moving upon those orchestrating as Jesus comes into the world. And then he grows up and he walks the earth and we see that it is the presence of the Spirit in his life that enables him to do profound works. Evidence of God. Jesus in a dance, in accordance with, in working with the Spirit, does profound miracles. Jesus heals people. Jesus casts out demons. Jesus has the power to proclaim. In fact, he says, in Luke chapter 4, he says, he takes hold of Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me. Jesus takes upon the spirit. You see that picture also in Luke chapter 4, where he is baptized. And this, it was not a picture, but, but what happens at this event a voice comes from heaven and said, this is my son with whom I love and whom I well, I'm well pleased. And then, and then a dove comes, the picture of the Spirit comes upon Jesus. Jesus is filled with the Spirit and moves in the power of the Spirit. And ultimately, Jesus is empowered by the Spirit to go to the cross. And Jesus dies for us. We celebrate that at communion. We give thanks to the fact that we can be in relationship with God. That we, our, our hearts are open. There is a new way. We are, we are able now. That which has been separated us from God's sin, we now have access through Jesus. Empowered and filled by the Spirit. But that's not the end of the story, right? That's not what we're here in church. Because Jesus just didn't die, but he rose again. And Paul writes to the Romans, he says, the power that rose Jesus from the dead is the power of the Spirit. Romans 8, chapter 11. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, it's the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, but that's not the end of the story. It's not what, where Paul stops. He says, uh, and, the, and if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. See, here's the good news. Jesus' death and resurrection means that we can be filled with his Holy Spirit. I know I'm telling you stuff you already know, but, but we need to grab hold of this because this wonderful story is our story also. The Spirit of God comes in power upon his church. Jesus promises it. And we looked at this a little bit last week. Receive my Holy Spirit. Then the Spirit of God comes down upon people, the disciples the followers of Jesus are all up in an upper room. We read this in Acts chapter 2 and they're all huddled together, they're freaking out, but they know that they've been promised this spirit, whatever that looks like. And then with power, we're going to look at this in a few weeks' time, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon the church. It's the birth of the church. And we see right there in Acts chapter 2, we see some new things. We see a new language. We see a new courage. We see a new power. There is a new community. And from that place, the Spirit of God empowers and fills 
all people. Peter gets up and stands in Acts chapter 2 and he recites Joel that the Spirit of God will come upon all flesh. And in that moment at Pentecost, the church is born and the Spirit of God is no longer just for particular people at particular times for particular tasks, but the Spirit of God is for everyone. Everyone. It's for you. It's for me. It's available to everyone. And it's not just for the people of Israel. And so we see the story of the church as these believers are filled with this new power and this new courage and a new power to proclaim the name of Jesus and the goodness of God. They go out beyond the boundaries and the borders of Israel and they go to the far-flung parts of the world filled and inspired with the Spirit to proclaim and it changes the world forever. The kingdom of God has broken out The Spirit has recreated. The Spirit has renewed. The Spirit is doing a new thing. That's the story of the Bible. The good news is, it's our story too. Because it didn't stop at the church. It wasn't that the Spirit came and there all these people who read these amazing stories of what people have done. It's like, yeah, well, that's, that's great back then, but that was for then, but it's not for me. No, 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 that's not true. The Spirit of God is for every one of us. The promised Holy Spirit is for us and the Spirit of God continues to work its way in the world, in our church, in, in our hearts, as Wayne Grudem says, the work of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world and especially in the church. It's the story of history. It's the story of the Spirit at work throughout history. It's the story of the church and it's our story too. Here's the thing, that we're invited into this story That history is our story and the story is is that through the Spirit we're invited into a new family. We're now part of a new family. We are brothers and sisters. Can you just turn to the person to your left or right right now and just say, we are family. Come on, just maybe just not, you know, just find someone who just looks totally different to you. You know, different culture, background, whatever, just say, we are family. How is this possible? How is this possible? How are we part of a new family? Well, our story is part of the great story. Remember, we are created in the image of God. You're created in the image of God. The Spirit of God that breathed life, breathed life into you. You are created in the image of God to do his task. You're created for family. You're created for relationship. You know that? You're created for a relationship with God. There is something that it doesn't matter what your story is or your background or your religion, that that there's a heart that resonates. Just speaking to someone this week, not a Christian, far from God, real thinker. But I said, you know what? I actually think we're created for a relationship. I actually think it goes very deep into who we are. I actually think we're created for a relationship with God. And you could tell as I was talking to this person, I was like, yes, I want that. Do you want that? Does your heart long for that? A relationship with God. 
Anyway, we know that, the story. We're created for relationship to God. That's lost. We, we're lost, as Paul says in Ephesians, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions in which you, in which the way, um, and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Here's the big idea, guys. We're all sinners. But the thing is, sin doesn't make you bad. Sin, so we're, we're all sinners. Sin doesn't make you bad. It makes you dead. Sin makes you dead. Paul says, you were dead in your sins. You were dead in your transgressions. But thanks be to God. And Jesus came and he died for us. And so Paul goes on to say, in Christ, there is a hope. There's, a, there's something new. Ephesians 2, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. We receive his grace, we receive his forgiveness, and as we receive his grace and forgiveness because of what he's done for us, we are taken from death and we're brought into life. Death to life. We've all experienced that. For those of us who have stepped in, who've received Christ, you are now a new person. I realise that this is really theological, and it's, it kind of feels like high level, but Jesus kind of gets personal about it. So he has a conversation with someone. And it's, and it's a weird conversation, going to be honest with you. In John chapter 3, there's this guy called Nicodemus. And you may know the story, but he is, he's a smart guy. He's thought things through. He, he knows how to recite the first five books of the Old Testament, at least, the Talmud. He would he'd be able to, he, would, he, was, he was a bright, he was making laws, significant guy, but he could see something in Jesus. There was something about this rabbi, he calls him rabbi, that he wanted to find out more about. Who is this Jesus? And so he comes to him, and I, I love this picture, he comes to him in the middle of the night, I think it's both literal and metaphorical. <laughs> it's kind of like he doesn't want to be seen with Jesus, but he's also scrambling in the dark, he's wanting to see and he has this conversation with Jesus, and this is how it goes. He says in verse 2 of John chapter 2, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him, if you didn't have the power of the Spirit in your life to perform amazing things. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born Again, it's a bit confusing, isn't it? That born again thing. You hear that these days in culture? Oh, they're a born again believer. It's kind of like this throwaway word that, that culture uses. Oh, they're a born again believer. And I, I think in our secular world, it kind of feels, it, it sounds strange. Born again? Like what, you know? Oh, they're a born again believer, whatever that means. They're one of those. I reckon Nicodemus here is going, say what? born again. In fact, he doesn't just think that. He says it. He says, uh, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Don't even think about that too much. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Let me just hit pause there. Have we heard that kind of language before already today? What did Isaiah say? What did Ezekiel say? Those who thirst, there'll be a living water. I will wash you. There'll be a water that comes. 
and I'll fill you with the Spirit. This is no coincidence. Jesus is doing something, anchoring his story in the great story. This is something of a prophetic coming. Jesus says, you can't enter the kingdom without the water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit, it gives birth to something else. It gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Born again. Born of the Spirit. There is something in our hearts. There is something richer and deeper. And I don't want to disconnect the physical and the spiritual here. But see, Nicodemus, Nicodemus was just seeing things that are at a high level. He didn't understand the profound nature of who we are and what we're created for. We are created for intimacy with God. We're created for relationship with God. We're created to be with God. And all of that was eradicated and stripped away when we said no to God. But God makes a way. There is a renewing work, the work of the Spirit in and through Christ that invites us back into relationship with Him. There is a connection at heart, at spirit, where God wants to come and fill us and give us all that He is. Pour into our lives so that we may know Him. And it's through, as Jesus uses these words, it's a born again experience. There is something in us that is renewed, that, is, that starts again, that begins again, a renewing process in our hearts where we find ourselves in a new place. We are a new person. We are born again. We are made new. And with that newness comes new family, new life. The death has gone. Life is here we're invited into something fresh and new. There's this theological term called regeneration, where we are made new. And that means that we find a new identity. We step into a new identity and we step into a new family. And when you're born, you're born into a family. When you are reborn, reborn of the Spirit, you are born into a new family. You have a new identity. You are made new. Paul writes to, to, um, to the Romans in chapter eight, that great chapter, and he says this, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. 
When Jesus says you must be born again, when you are born again, you're born into a new family. You get a new identity. You are made new. The old has gone. The new is here that Paul says in Corinthians. There is something new in us and that should change everything. And I'm sure it has for you changed everything. There's been radical transformation and change for those of you who have accepted Jesus, you've accepted the Spirit into your life. Something has changed. You have been reborn, renewed. But I reckon sometimes we forget, and this is the nub of it. This is the nub of it. This is where big truth needs to translate into everyday life. Here's the thing for us right now. This is the thing that we need to grab hold of. So we can say, yeah, I know all that. Yep, I'm a, I'm a born-again believer, and I'm a new family. I'm in a new family. Jesus loves me. I'm forgiven. Says it in the song. Thank you very much. But as we go through life, so often we forget who we are. So often as we walk through the Christian journey, that sense of new that sense of life, that sense of freedom, that sense of joy, that sense of abandonment disappears. I see it in my own kids. See that, that freedom of a child, that openness of trust, that joy, that, you know, that kind of, <gasps> whenever you experience something new, I was watching that with my niece at the beach just this, this, uh, this, th- these last holidays. She's like one, one years old. And every time we'd go to the beach, it would be, she'd go down to the water, amazing, every day. It was like what you were just here yesterday. New life, fresh joy, but over the course of, yeah, I've been to that beach before. Yeah, I've done that, I've seen that. It's the same in our faith. You're a new creation. You've been made new. You are born again. You're born of the Spirit. You're connected with the creator of the universe. There is a God who's wanting to do work in you. He's given you a purpose and a life and a joy. And every day you get to be invited in doing that purpose in the world. But so easily with the things of life and everything that goes on, it's, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. And we lose the joy. We forget our identity. And our life, to be honest, can slide back into the way that it was. Now, you are to hear me here. That doesn't mean that we're not born again anymore. No, no, no. Once we've been regenerated, once we've received the Spirit, it is there. Hear me correctly here. But just as Jesus speaks to the churches of Revelation, it's easily, easily, that flame, that fire is easily forgotten. It's there, but forgotten. I was reading a, uh, a news article just this week. It's tragic. It goes back, it was um, it's about 10 years old. And this is the title of the newspaper. Homeless man who didn't know he was millionaire is found dead before he could be told about his fortune. Body of heir to 300 million discovered frozen to death under railway bridge. 
The details go on to say, Timothy Henry Gray's body was discovered by children sledding under a Union Pacific Railroad overpass in Evanstown, Wyoming. Gray, 60, was a long-lost relative to the reclusive and eccentric New York heiress Huguette Clark and stood to inherit 19 million US dollars of her $300 million fortune. Here's a man who had an identity. It's a man who had access a man who was part of a significant, and you can read this, the story goes, that he, had, he was adopted in to a significant family with a great history. But somehow along the way, he'd forgotten that, he'd disconnected, and he'd become disconnected from what he had access to, who he was. And I reckon sometimes we forget. We actually forget what we have access to. That we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And we forget the purpose that God has called us for, that we've been called to, to have a purpose in this world, to be a reconciler, to bring life and hope, to proclaim and do what Jesus did while he, he was on earth. And we slide back into the things of this world and we lose, we lose track and we lose sight of who we are, the identity, the family that we are part of. And we just get back in just to the humdrum of life, the distractions of life, the pressures of life, the discouragements of life. And if anything, for those of you who have experienced rebirth in Jesus. You would say this morning, yeah, I'm born again. The message for you is, how are you going? Are you walking in the life that is offered in Christ? Are you feeling like a Ferrari in your spiritual walk? Or are you feeling like an FB Holden? It happens to all of us. I'm not standing here saying, I'm the Ferrari. This is a journey, a walking in the heart and the ways of the Spirit as we walk, as we remind ourselves. It's an ongoing journey because the Spirit of God is continually at work, reminding us and working in us. I reckon that today, God just wants to renew and refresh a bunch of us. I think today is a day where actually we get just to step back and go, have I forgotten who I am? Have I forgotten what God has done for me? Have I forgotten my first love? Have the things of life just overwhelmed us, overwhelmed you? And in a moment, we're going to pray just as we did last week and we continue to pray. We're going to just pray, come Holy Spirit. Pour out your spirit on me afresh and anew. Revitalize, remind, renew, revive my heart. But before we do that, I reckon I just, I'd love to create a space. I don't know everyone here. I don't know your stories. But perhaps you have been on a journey. Maybe you're a little bit like Nicodemus here today. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and, or maybe you've got a heap of questions and you're not quite sure who Jesus is. But today is the day where you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Perhaps today you've been, is, well, perhaps your story and your journey is, is that you have been trying to figure things out. 
Maybe you're walking and living with shame. Maybe you're walking and living with regret. And maybe you, you just know that there is a power, there is forgiveness that you're longing for. But, but as you've been sitting here today, you know that only Jesus can give you that. You are wanting to be born again, to enter and step into the family of God. And I'd love to create that moment. Or maybe for you here today, you've walked away from God. You said, you know, at one point you said yes to God, but, but actually your life has just disconnected and you've walked away. Today, as you sit in this, in this church, God's speaking to you and he's calling you back. He's calling you back to him. So I wonder whether we can just bow our head and close our eyes just for a moment. Because I'd love to pray for you and I'd love to lead you. If you're here today, And the invitation is for you, be born again. Be born again. Well, the invitation for you is come home again. Come back. And if that's you right now, I'm just going to invite you to do, just to stick your hand up in the, in the air. Just say, that's me. I want to be in relationship with God. I want to be renewed. Come on, just stick your hand up high in the sky. Awesome, I see those hands. Is there anyone else? Well, maybe God's calling you back. Is there anyone else? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Is there anyone else? This could be your birthday. Today could be your birthday. Is there anyone else? I'm not going to extend it out. Awesome. Just keep your eyes closed. I'd love to lead us all in a prayer. And for those who've put their hand up, I'd love for you to echo after me, just above a whisper. And for everybody, I invite everyone to do that. Anyone who's willing to pray this prayer of faith, of receiving this prayer of rebirth. How exciting. How exciting. How exciting. New life, change, transformation today. Come on, let's pray this prayer. And let's join with those who put their hands in the air. Just pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you created me for a relationship with you. I recognize that I've walked from you. I acknowledge that I've sinned. Forgive me. Come into my life. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you that you renew me. Come and restore me. Make me born again. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can, why don't we just give a huge cheer. Some people today have celebrated their birthday. That's exciting. Rebirth. Renew. And we'd love for those who put your hand up, I'd love to connect with you after. Come and see us at the welcome desk. We'd love to give you a pack. We'd love to give you a Bible. And we'd love to just map out the journey for you. Well done. Huge day for you. So exciting. God is changing lives in this place. I wonder where we can stand. Come on, let's stand together. I reckon God wants to bring some new life, some fresh life into this place. Uh, just as I was worshipping today, it's like, man, God, will you feel, and it's, this is personal, God, will you just fill me afresh with freedom?
See, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. A little bit of that picture of my nephew running on the beach should be our picture as well. Can you imagine that fresh freedom of life just walking out onto the streets of the city, into your workplaces, into university? And maybe some of you just want that again. I reckon this is a picture and a word for some of us here today. The fire's gone. Maybe the joy has gone of being born again. And afresh, just God just wants to give you that spark, that life, that joy. Can we just, why don't we be still for a moment? Let's close our eyes. Maybe just put our hands out in front of us. And we're just going to pray that prayer again. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. This is not about my words or my wisdom. Surely not. This is now about you interacting with God. Come Holy Spirit. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.